0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing. Good morning, everyone. And boy, do we have a crazy show for you today. Not too many guests, just one. We got Brandon Dunn coming on at 9 o'clock. But a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about today, this morning. Hey, it's here. It's finally here week one of the South Carolina high school football season. We already had some games last night after a whole summer, probably I'd say a whole six months. I think probably at the beginning of it back in March and April, when things were first shut down, everyone was thinking, okay, we'll get over this hump by September or we'll get over the hump by August. A lot of people were thinking that, uh, you know, we were going to, be able to start football season at the regularly scheduled time. Obviously, that didn't happen. We're still not really over the hump. Uh, some out there uh, still aren't sure if we should be playing right now, but we are. We had some games last night. We've got a ton of games tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. We've got all of the. Th- you've got. We've got everything you need to know about week one tonight. Uh, Coming up later on, talk about some Thursday night games that were moved as a result of rain. Surprisingly, games moved as a result of something other than COVID. Uh, But yeah, some, some games that were played last night. So the season has technically kicked off already. And so we'll talk about those. We'll preview everything you need to know for... A bunch of games tonight, especially here on the Grand Strand, go through all of the teams in the area. But first, before we get to that, we'll talk some high school football later on, we'll talk about some high school football in the second hour leading into Brandon Dunn coming on and talking some more, giving us his insights on everything. Before, But before we get to that, we'll talk a little national sports, get you up to date on everything that's going on in the world of sports outside of South Carolina. And of course, if you want to call and talk some sports with me, which I know you do, or at least I would hope you do. I would certainly love anyone, any of those listeners out there to come on and talk some sports with me, have some fun with me this morning, give you guys a little, uh, a little fun on your drive to work or whatever you're doing this morning. That number, 323-784-9681. 3, 3, that number again, 323-784-9681. 3, 3, Call in. Let's talk some sports this morning here on a beautiful Friday. This week has been a weird week on the weather side. Uh, it, has, it was cool the, at the beginning of the week here in Norie County, here on the Grand Strand, and it felt like fall like kind of a pretext and an omen of things to come saying hey here's football you know you've got football this week here's some football weather but it's since uh heated up a little bit so tonight it's going to be a little warmer than what a lot of people expected going into the week unfortunately a little chance of rain tonight so not sure if that will impact anything tonight certainly hoping not but that's something to keep an eye on. But like I mentioned, let's go into some national news. First, First, going on to the baseball diamond and the MLB, they are on their final leg with less than five games left in the season. And the two leagues could not be any more different. AL basically, well, AL has all of their teams finalized, all seven teams. Uh, that can make the playoffs have clinched. It's only a matter of seeding and who gets division uh, championships that still need to be determined. The Rays clinched the AL East already. Yankees and Blue Jays in the East also made it. The Twins, White Sox, and Indians in the Central are still fighting for that Central pennant. Uh I, I think I have a feeling, especially with how they've been playing, I'm gonna give it to the White Sox. I think the White Sox have the best overall team in that division, so I think they'll be able to pull out the AL Central. Uh, and out in the West, Oakland, it's crazy. And and you know it, it's it's something that the story was in december january when whenever it officially came out sometime in the off season i think it was around December of january about the astros and the cheating scandal and all of that and then covid hit in March and everything just became so much less meaningful or i i, I don't know if i would necessarily use the term meaningful but in the grand scheme of things a cheating scandal which is still a big deal don't get me wrong but in the grand scheme of things it became much less important and much less of a story as the restart started and you know it's kind of funny If, if this would have happened in a regular season first off there would have been a lot more things happening. I mean there were a few games. Dodgers went after the Astros a couple of times. I think if I remember correctly, the Yankees went over went after the Astros a couple of times. But you didn't hear about it nearly as much uh as you would have otherwise. Part of that is also uh some one of the big things that comes with the plunkings and the retaliation for what they did is going to be the inevitable. Brawls that are gonna break out as a result. And you got that a little bit in the beginning of the season. But it's a situation where because of the pandemic, because of it being a short season, uh it didn't have as much impact. Now the interesting question for me personally, honestly, and, and I think I I think where they landed where the Astros landed will have an impact on this because, you know, they, they were second in their division, uh, but they're not, they weren't quite, uh, up, up to par this season. Uh, so they still had a good season they're you know I mean, as of right now, they're just a game over five hundred, so they'll more than likely they'll win over five they'll be over five hundred going into the end of the season. But the fact that they didn't make the playoffs is still i would say a big victory for the rest of the league, and the big question that I have in that regard, the fact that they were able to get down, for the most part, at least, and the fact that they were able... They they did not make the playoffs. Does that kind of make the rest of the, the league say, okay, we got our revenge enough by making them miss the playoffs this year? Obviously, COVID is what caused the vitriol towards it subside a good bit from what a lot of people were initially expecting going into spring training. I mean, you heard it throughout February, going into the, into spring training before everything blew up. Oh, how many times? You know, I'm sure there, there were betting lines in Vegas asking how many times are the Astros going to get plunked? How many times is Ho- o- Jose Altuve going to get po- pandemic? It didn't really happen. Like I said, it happened a little bit but not the level that everyone expected. the The thing about it, though, now and my question is: Does the fact that they've lo- that they've missed the playoffs is that revenge enough for the teams? And also, is it if assuming? And this is a big assumption because, you know, everything has been kind of, you know, that that date of, oh, we'll be in the clear by then has just kept on getting pushed back and back and back. Everyone thought, you know, at the beginning, everyone thought that the summer was going to, you know, the summer and the hot weather was going to destroy it. So we'd be fine. Uh Then, you know, everyone was thinking, oh, by Labor Day, if we if we do the right thing, which unfortunately a lot of people didn't do. But if by Labor Day, we or if we do the right thing by Labor Day, we should be in the clear. And now it's all the the naysayers saying, oh, this will just disappear after Election Day. First off, let me go on a bit of a tangent real quick. If you really think that this is just going to miraculously disappear out of nowhere on election day, you haven't been paying attention because this is not just a U.S. thing. This is a world thing. So the the concept that this is all just some big, you know, Democrat scheme or whatever you want to say is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So just stop. But that's neither here nor there. Going on a tangent. But, assuming that we do somehow get out of this perfectly fine, we get through the winter and we're kind of in the clear. And I'll talk more about what I think about this later. I don't want to get too focused on it, but obviously, you know, unfortunately on on, on the sports level, while a lot of Groups are wanting to kind of just sweep it under the rug and and push it aside. It is it is still a big factor to the to the remainder of the season, to the remainder of the year, to the high obviously to the high school football season. Uh, because you know we've already seen cancellations of games, both on the college and high school level, as a result of it. So we'll talk more about it later, but let me just say real quick. The the reason why I bring it up is the question is if we are somehow in the clear and we are getting back to normal in March and thus we have fans coming back into the stadiums in April, does that encourage players? And we're kind of, you know, the rules are, the, all the rules are hopefully, God, don't I'm not even going to get started in that. But you know let me just put let me just say the the crux of it, all of the rules, and you know i've I've heard some compelling arguments for the d h that it it helps prolong players' careers and et cetera, et cetera, but that's and I understand that the n l is one of only two leagues in the world. That still uses it. The Central League in in the Nippon Baseball League in Japan uses it. For those of you who don't know, but I'm talking about the pitcher batting, not the DH. Uh, but even without that, even even with all those two things considered, that's one of the things. That's one of the fun little quirks about baseball that has always made it a fun sport for me. You know, not all, you know, baseball, every other sport, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, what have you. With a few exceptions here and there, like international rules in hockey are different from in the NHL, the NBA and college and FIBA are different on the three point line and in basketball, uh, the hash mark in college and the NFL in high school are different. Other than those small quirks that really don't have much of an impact on the game, maybe I'm wrong. They they have a little bit of an impact, but not quite to the level of the uniqueness of baseball in that not only do you have the two leagues that have Different rules and one, you know, one has a pitcher batting, the other one doesn't. But also, the fact that the stadiums are unique. You know, a home run in one park is going to be a lazy fly ball in another. That's the type of thing that you don't see in a and in, in any other sport. So that's one of the things I love about baseball, but. Back to my original point. Once again, there there I am going off on a tangent. Back to my original point. If we are in the clear next year and we have fans in the stadium and the rules are gone and it's back to it's back to baseball as usual usual. It's back to business as usual. Do the players on the other teams who didn't get a chance to exact their revenge on the Astros, do it now. Do it next year. I'm saying no, and here's why. A couple of reasons. For one, they, for, for one, it's going to be too far out. That That momentum, that emotion behind it, especially after all the world has been through in 2020, will be gone. It's going to be like, eh, you know, it's it's far enough away. It's water under the bridge at this point. Maybe you get a few players that want to still do it. But by and large, it's not going to be the level that everyone anticipated going into the 2020 season initially. Secondly, the fact that they didn't make the playoffs, I think for a lot of teams, and essentially, you know, you've heard the, ru- not rumors, but a lot of people have been speculating and kind of making jokes about it. Oh, well, the reason why they didn't make the playoffs this season is because they don't have their trash can. The the concept that they didn't, the reason why they didn't win this year is because they couldn't cheat may have an impact uh on it. Uh so I think a lot of teams are going to say, okay, the fact that they kind of got their comeuppance by not making it to the playoffs this year is enough for me. So I'm okay with just letting it slide now because they got their they they got their just desserts already. And let me bring up one point real quick before we move on the The funny thing and the ironic thing about this whole thing with the Astros is that if this if the investigation and them getting caught hadn't have happened still wouldn't have been able to cheat nearly as much as they have in the past because the stadiums would have been empty you could have you could have clearly heard that trash can. You could have clearly heard them doing what they've been doing and they would have gotten caught anyway. So it's kind of like they got screwed over on two levels, both because they got caught. And then also they wouldn't have been able to do it regardless because of, because of COVID. So it's kind of, it. it it's just a kind of funny uh, little thing that popped into my head. Moving on over, and let me real quick, before we move on to the NL, uh, let me just say two two things about the AL. First off, the Yankees, after looking like they were going to be world beaters and they were going to go into the playoffs with so much momentum going on a a more than 10-game winning streak, they've lost their last two. That momentum isn't there quite as much. Last week, four games left before they get into the playoffs, and they're now winning the division. So, uh, so the Yankees really need to get something going in these last four games because you want to have. I mean, you see it in football all the time: the team that go that skids into the playoffs that clinched the division you know three four weeks before the end of the season and they're resting players and they're kind of just wanting to stay healthy and skidding into the playoffs a lot of times they don't do very well in the playoffs because they don't have that momentum they don't have that energy whereas the team that had to fight and just barely get in on the last day on a wild card they can do some magical things at times just look at the giants back in 2007 you know so the yankees need to get some momentum going if they hope to do something in the playoffs can they do something absolutely especially with them being much more healthy than a lot of people were worried they'd be they'd be going into the playoffs. A lot better off than they were a couple of weeks ago. But they need to get that momentum if they want to be able to do anything in the playoffs. One last point on the AL side before we go over to the NL. And that is that the Indians... I don't know what the Indians were thinking. Yes, I understand the whole backlash with what he did back in August. Back in July, or no August it was August back in August out and putting his team at risk, but even even with that, he's still a dynamic arm, he's still a good pitcher, like I said in the past, if I were. If I were on the Yankees in the Yankees front office, I wouldn't have traded for him because of the the issue in August. But besides that, if you take away that losing Mike Clevenger is gonna hurt the Indians a lot, I think in these playoffs because you don't have that extra arm, that extra starter that you can plug in. I mean, they've still done well even after the trade. And they're still obviously in the playoffs, but they've slipped a little bit since. So their their story may be one of oh we we kind of screwed ourselves over here. We should have kept him on. So that's that's the that's the scoop there. Moving on over to the NL. The NL is is still up in the air. They still it's still an interesting little race. Braves have clinched the NL East. Dodgers clinched the West. So those two divisions are completely squared away. The Cubs and Padres have also clinched playoff berths. Uh, but though but the the Cubs have not clinched a division. Have not clinched the Central yet. And do I think St. Louis can catch up to them? Or do I think Cincinnati? No. I think the Cubs will probably win. It's still an interesting little race there. On the wild card side, you uh, you have a bunch of teams still in the hunt. Miami, Philly, technically the Mets are still in it. St. Louis. Cincinnati, Milwaukee is still in it. San Diego has already clinched one of the wild card spots. San Francisco is still in it, so it's going to be interesting. But the teams that I think, my thoughts on it, I'm thinking Phillies, Cardinals, Giants are going to be last three teams in. I just I don't have faith in the Marlins, I don't have faith in the Reds. So I think those teams are going to be teams that will come out of this. They'll go on a run. Those three teams will go on a bit of a run and get something done uh for the remainder of the season. I mean, Philly won their last game, so did the Marlins, so that doesn't really help. But as has St. Louis, uh, Cincinnati also has. San Francisco has lost her last game, but you know I think they still have the chance of kind of rebounding and and coming up with that win. So those are my thoughts on on the playoff situation. So I think my 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 overall. Dan- or, my overall playoff prediction is in the AO, you've got Rays, Yankees, Blue Jays, Twins. Well, you've got the teams in there already. Um, I think my favorites for the wild card uh, playoff, I think the Yankees are going to win. And I could honestly see the Blue Jays beating either of the two wild card NL Central teams. I think I'd put the Twins over the Indians as the most likely team to advance out of wild on on the Central side. Like I said, I think the White Sox will will clinch the division, and then on the NL side. Braves are looking good. I think the Braves could advance, certainly. Dodgers obviously clinched the top spot. Uh, I think the Padres are definitely a team to watch. They're they're a dynamic team. I'm not... Their pitching is pretty good. I mean, and they got Clevenger now, too. So, like I was talking about with the Indians. The Indians' lost is the Padres' game. So, I think the Padres could certainly do some things. I think the Cardinals could potentially do some things. I think, honestly, the the Giants could do something if they were to get into the playoffs. So there's my, my overall thoughts on everything MLB. We'll take a quick break and then come right back, talk some NBA playoffs, talk some NHL playoffs, talk some football, and then at 8 o'clock... We'll talk uh, some high school sports. Get you ready for week one in South Carolina on the high school side. And, hey, SEC starts this weekend as well. Busy weekend, busy night, busy morning. So be sure to stay tuned right here to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Once again, if you want to call in, talk some sports, 323-784-9681. That number again, 323-784-9681. Call in, talk some sports. Hey, if you're an athlete, you want to come and and rep yourself and uh, talk, talk about what you're going to be doing tonight, be my guest. That's what I'm here for. So I'll take a quick break, come right back, and we'll talk some more sports right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
0: Ride till I can't no more I'm gonna take my horse To the old town road I'm going ride till
2: I can't no more I got the horses in the bag Horse stock is attached and is mad black Got the boots black to match Riding on a horse ha, You can whip your horse. I've been in the valley You ain't been up off that porch Now nah, can't nobody tell
0: On my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit. Diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. It's riding down Route in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress. I've been through.
1: Welcome back to Sports Unlimited. As we are about a half hour in, a little over a half hour into the show, still have a good bit left and still have a lot to talk about. And if you want to come in and join the show, talk some sports with me, be my guest. 323 784 9681 is that number to call that number again. 323 784 9681. We'll transition over to the NBA, talk some playoffs, and talk some NHL playoffs as well. And let me just start it off with, I, I'm i already anticipating it. For, first off, LA and Miami are both up 3-1. And I think, barring something crazy, I'm thinking both of these two teams are going to be the ones that make it into the finals. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Definitely. Especially considering LeBron's history with Miami. And that's where I want to talk today. And let me just preface this by saying the, he's never going to be, at least for me, I don't care how many rings he wins. I don't care how many accolades he gets. LeBron is always going to be – he's always going to be one of the best of all time, but I don't necessarily think he's the greatest of all time. I think that has to go to MJ uh, just because of his clutch gene. And, yeah, I know LeBron has made and, – and he's done some things. But – he is much more of a facilitator and overall team player than the guy that wants to be the man. He's not a Kobe. He's not a Mello. Although, you know, Mello, it's kind of screwed himself over a little bit at times. He's not an MJ. I mean, hell, even, uh, Magic Johnson, to an extent was kind of more more of a pure scorer than LeBron is and he was a point guard but LeBron has always guy that has said I don't care how we win. I just want to win. And I admit, I admire him for it. I think LeBron is the best overall NBA player in history. But I think the the way you become the goat is by being that guy that as soon as you get the ball, everyone knows it's over, and you know that's why in baseball, a guy like Mariano Rivera is considered one of the greatest of all time, definitely the greatest closer of all time because you knew. Barring, you know, barring 2001, obviously. But outside of that outlier, and in 2004, but we, we don't talk about those. We we don't talk about those. Outside of those two, if, as soon as you heard Enter Sandman hit in Yankee Stadium, and you saw Mariano do his trot out, you knew the game was over. You knew he was coming in, to shut it down, and that was that. And, you know, same same with, you know, and to be fair, especially in a game like basketball, it's kind of good to have multiple guys like that, or maybe not necessarily multiple guys like that, but not necessarily have that one guy that you need to have him take that role. Because then the defense knows exactly what you're doing. Now, sometimes, you know, in MJ's case, everyone knew he was going to get the ball in crunch time, yet no one could stop him. And that's what made him the greatest of all time. But LeBron is that guy that I don't care if I'm the one taking the shot. You're, you know, we're going to win this game. And that's why I say, you know, like I said, is he one of the greatest of all time? Absolutely. And it, if you want to make that argument, there is the argument there. But in my opinion, in order to be the greatest of all time, you need to be that one that says, "No matter what happens, I'm going to carry this team to victory." And you know, Le- or Michael had his support he had, he had Dennis Rodman later on in his career. Uh, but he, he was always the focal point. He was always the focal point. And, you know, here's the other thing too. Although this can kind of say, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, this shows that LeBron is the greatest of all time. When Michael left and, and went off to play baseball for a bit,
0: the Bulls were
1: good but they couldn't get over that hump. They couldn't go get over the hill. When LeBron left, the Cavaliers just took a note, nose dive. But there's a reason for that. Michael had the good team around him. So they could still do what they did. But they needed that clutch gene in order to get all the way to the top. Whereas LeBron, LeBron made everyone around him better. And he wasn't necessarily carrying the team on his back. But he made any team he was on 10 times better. So he could make average into great. And that's what he did in Cleveland. Not so much in Miami. But that's the reason. But that, at the same time, that's the reason why LeBron doesn't have as many rings, is because he he is much more of a facilitator, and as a result, he's a lot of times when if it were Michael, he would have taken a shot, and potentially won a game in the final. Or in the LeBron has passed it. And someone else has taken that shot, and sometimes they miss. And that's kind of LeBron is one of those guys, and it's sh- it's shown in his uh, his work out off the court as well. He likes to see the best in everyone. He likes to see the best in everyone, and that's an ad- admirable trait. Some does it come to bite him sometimes? Yeah, of course it does. That's what happens with any nice person. You're going to get something. You're going to have someone who either fails you or takes advantage or what have you. But stop that's not a reason to stop being nice. You just learn and move on. You kind of have to read people a little better. And you know LeBron has has done that for the most part in in his career. He he's uh he He's done a good job of finding pieces that are gonna work around him uh and that you know are gonna be good fits for what he does you know Ray Allen, for example, you know he was that guy that you know okay if if I need to pass it off, you're that sharpshooter that can drain it from anywhere, and that's exactly what he did when when Ray Allen was with the heat and he But then all the naysayers say, oh, you know, LeBron didn't win it, Ray Allen did. Well, without LeBron and his wherewithal and with his court vision and all of that, that shot wouldn't have even happened. So, you know, like I said, he's not the greatest of all time in the sense of he instills fear into the opponents. I mean, he does, but not quite to the level of Michael. But he is definitely the greatest overall. You know, five, You know, this is more of a baseball term, but the five-tool player in the NBA. He is definitely the best five-tool player in the NBA. I mean, technically, you could kind of use it in in basketball too: points, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks, and LeBron can do it all. So, so I'm I'm just saying. LA is more than likely at this point because I don't think Miami is there yet. Jimmy Butler is a good player. They've got good pieces around him. But I don't think Miami is quite there yet. So, LeBron's going to win another title. But for all those people who are going to say, oh, he's still not the greatest of all time. Okay, maybe he's not. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. But at least give him respect for what he is, which is one of the best players of all time, and the best overall all-around player in NBA history. So that's that's that. It's going to be an interesting matchup, especially considering LeBron's history with Miami, the fact that he played there for so many years. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, so yeah, we'll. Have- final action to talk about next week more than likely moving on to some NHL news we've got the the Stanley Cup finals going on right now Lightning leading Dallas 2-1 I still think the Stars have a chance of coming back but that chance is uh, is slipping quite rapidly uh, the the Stars definitely need to get something going uh in the next game they tonight's game is basically a must win for Dallas because if they don't win this one then i think the lightning pretty much have it in the bag so that's that's that that's that for the NHL and like i said last week you know if you've never watched hockey go check it out it's a fun sport it it's a lot of fun but I know most of you are big football fans. Go on to football. NFL news. And this was not a good week for the NFL on the injury front at all. Christian McCaffrey out a couple of weeks with a high ankle sprain. Saquon Barkley out for the entire season with a torn ACL. Giants ended up signing Devonta Freeman, former Falcon, to fill the void for the season. Hopefully he'll be able to fill the gap a bit. Giants aren't exactly expected to do much this season. But, you know, I I think Freeman can at least help them potentially win a couple of games. They'll probably win four or five this season. But the, the Giants are still kind of in a rebuilding phase but it's still the Barkley injury is still a big load The 49ers got slammed this week. Their top defensive star Nick Bosa out for the season with a torn ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo has a high ankle sprain. Not sure if he's going to be out, of the, out for the entire season yet or not. But that is a bad omen for the 49ers to try to get back into the Super Bowl. They were hope, they were kind of on their revenge tour this year trying to get back into the Super Bowl and this time win it all after losing to the Chiefs last year. But now with these injuries, they'd be lucky to even make the playoffs. Especially in the gauntlet that is the NFC West and this You know, you have you have Seattle, obviously. You have the Rams which are a good team. But now Kyler Murray and the Cardinals have been on the rise. They've been playing very well in the first two weeks. Could they potentially sneak in because of the injuries to San Francisco? Who knows? I think they still a little I, I think they're still a little bit too young so far, I think they're still kind of pretenders. I think Kyler Murray still has to kind of get his feet under him a little bit in in Arizona. Now, granted, they do have DeAndre Hopkins, which helps a lot. Having 2 primetime wide receivers on either side of the ball, that's going to help a lot. But, like I said, I think they're just a little too too close not to mention the fact that you know you have the nfc south which is loaded as well but you know again with with the uh with the south the the falcons haven't well the yeah the falcons they had some problems uh this week as well blowing the largest lead uh or they were the first team to ever lose while scoring more than thirty eight points and not giving up a turnover in n f l history, this is the new twenty eight to three for the falcons, and that's not a good sign for the falcons so i I could honestly see the Cardinals having a chance because this year remember there's three wild card teams now, so Probably not. I'm I'm thinking now with the injuries to San Francisco. I'm thinking the wild card will more than likely be the Rams, the Vikings, and the Saints, or not the Saints. Excuse me, the the Bucks. So probably not quite this year for the Fal- or for the Cardinals, but they definitely have the talent that will be able to get them over that hump. Some other injury news. Two Broncos went down, both Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton. One, Locke with a sprained AC joint. Sutton out for the season with a torn ACL. Speaking of the Packers, Devontae Adams' hamstring issue. Tavon Young with a knee is- issue. And Malik Hooker with an Achilles issue. Not a good look for the NFL, especially with what with all of their talk about you know, safety and and being uh, being so focused on safety and and all of that, but still, it it's not a good look for the NFL. But it's not really all that surprising, honestly, considering no real preseason does make me worried a little bit, and I'm going to talk to Brandon Dunn about this when he comes on at 9. It does make me worried about some of the players at the lower level, not only college but obviously high school as well, who don't have the training and the resources of those in the NFL. You've seen this many injuries in just week two of the NFL season with their limited uh, preseason. And they essentially, while it wasn't a full training camp, they still had a decent training camp. In high school, at least here in South Carolina, they had two weeks. Two weeks of real training camp. And before that, it was basically basically, essentially OTAs. And I'm... I'm worried. I'm going to ask Brandon Dunn about it later, see what he thinks. But I'm worried, trend that has started in the NFL. Obviously, injuries in football, that's going to happen. It's a contact sport. As they say in professional wrestling about pro wrestling, it's not ballerina. But it's not having that training regimen and not having that time to prepare your body obviously it plays an impact i think this is one of the the most injury prone weeks that i've ever seen in the nfl the names just kept on coming on and on and on and you know that's the thing it's not even like it's you know oh random offensive lineman number three got injured no these are big time names in the NFL, no offense to offensive linemen, by the way. Like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I give offensive linemen a, a ton of credit. I was talking to Brandon Dunn about it last week. You know, I love seeing the battles in the trenches, but those don't get the headlines, unfortunately. These guys have. So it's it's been a very tough week for the NFL, uh, you know, and it's been it, it's been tough. It's been tough. Uh, Some other NFL notes. Uh, The NFL issued fines to Vic Fangio, Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan for not wearing their masks on the sidelines. And I get it. I get it. It's hard to breathe in them. Uh, You get hot. If you wear glasses, your glasses fog up as a result. But come on, coaches, get get your acts together. Just wear the damn thing so we can have some football. I mean, I'm I'm one of those that is still taking it seriously. But like I said, and I'll talk about it a little bit more in a little bit. But. It seems like most people are just moving on at this point, but still just, just do the right thing and wear it. Uh, so that we get, we, we get some sports in, um, just, uh, one other quick note on the NFL side, and then we'll take a break. Actually, we'll go into the second hour talking some college football, and then we'll, we'll rub, we'll, uh, with the uh, second second half hour or the second half of the hour with high school sports getting you ready for tonight and then obviously Brandon Dunn coming out at 9. And as always, if you want to call in, talk to me about some sports, whether it's high school, college, pro, what have you, uh, that number to call, 323-784-9681. That number again, three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. One final story in the NFL, Gail Sayers uh, died at the age
3: of,
1: let's see, what was his, uh, he died at 77. So, our condolences to his family and, and to everyone involved. B- big loss, uh, Big loss for the um, for the for the NFL family, Uh, and you know he he was a legend. He was a legend. That that's for sure. Uh, You know, obviously this week we've got week three in the NFL. A lot of a lot of good games coming up. We had Thursday Night Football last night, Uh, but you know the the big one the big one this weekend is or, or next next week technically <clears throat> is Ravens Chiefs and the question is can Lamar Jackson get over the hump of Patrick Mahomes i was i wrote about it on clutch points yesterday i said i have a feeling that this is going to be the new tom brady pay manning type matchup where yeah Br- yeah Mah- or yeah Jackson may get some high accolades, may may win a good bit of games. But when push comes to shove, Mahomes will always have his number. In my honest opinion. Obviously Jackson has that opportunity on Monday to prove me wrong. Will he do it? Not sure. Especially after what happened uh with the with the contract and everything Mahomes is on a mission this year to repeat he's on a mission to show that he's worth that money and that you know he's not gonna simmer down anytime soon so it's gonna be a fun one it's gonna be that that's probably the mat that's definitely the matchup of the week Uh, you've got Sunday night Saints Packers two dynamic quarterbacks facing off against each other uh Cowboys, Seahawks, see if the Cowboys can do it again. Probably not. I'm assuming not. Uh, you've got Bears, Falcons, um, which the Falcons are going to need. That That's going to be a big one to determine whether the Bears, who are 2-0 and right now, are for real or not, because the Falcons are a team that they're on the slide right now, but I can still potentially win some games. Uh you've got Rams and Bills who are both two and one gonna be a good matchup. Uh and Raiders Patriots. The the two the, the two Grand Strand guys, Edwards and Renfro going out to New England facing off against Cam Newton. That's gonna be a fun one. That's gonna be one that I'm gonna definitely be watching out for. Uh, so there are some games to watch for this weekend. I'll take a quick break, and then we'll come right back, talk some college, and then get you ready for Friday Night Lights. Tonight, week one of the SCHSL college high school football season, right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back as we are into our number two here on Sports Unlimited. Gangray gang you ready for week one of the SCHSL high school football season. And first before we go there, we have some week one action for the SEC this week as well. So we'll talk on college football real quick. First, obviously some tough news this week. The biggest one was Wake Forest and Notre Dame having to be canceled due, due to some positive tests on the Notre Dame team. Come on, Fighting Irish, get get your act together. Let, let let's let's make sure we can have games. Uh and then due to those cases with North or with Notre Dame USF had to postpone their game against FAU this week as well. Arkansas State lost another game as a result of cases with their team, lost the, uh, postponed their game against Tulsa. And this is relevant around here because they're supposed to come to Conway and play Coastal next week. Whether or not that happens is a big if right now North Texas and Houston also was canceled but then on the flip side you have the Pac-12 saying okay we're going to stop being the outlier we're going to stop uh we're we're going to stop uh you know focusing on this and get and get back to action they had a bit of a, a harder uphill battle than the Big 10 did because of uh California be, still being in a bit of a shutdown uh, Oregon still being in a bit of a shutdown. I'm sure. I think Washington's still in a bit of a shutdown. Uh, Arizona still having issues. The West Coast hasn't been very good uh, when it's come to all this. Not to mention the wildfires and all of that. But the Pac-12 basically kind of just threw up their hands, much like the Big Ten did last week, and just said, "Okay, you guys want to go back? You guys want to? You know, everyone else wants to move on." I guess we have to, too. So, they're not going to start until November, and it's going to be very interesting now with all of the Power Fives planning on playing. It's going to be very interesting to see the if the college football playoff gets pushed back a little bit, if if they allow all five to have a chance, how this is going to work, but I will say the one conference that gets hurt by the Big Ten and Pac-12 deciding to come back is the Sun Belt. Because they've been a ton of fun to watch lately over these last couple of weeks. And people who, you know, I've seen people on the internet say oh this is why we need the power fives because the the group of fives aren't aren't all that good really i mean yeah it may not be that dynamic offense and i know i understand i i understand i understand you know i i i understand uh how people are very short-sighted and and very uh very impatient and and don't have very good attention spans nowadays. But offenses and everything like it's always been said, and it always will be said until someone can prove me wrong and until they can prove everyone wrong, essentially defense wins championships. So, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the Sun Belt games may not be the most fun games to watch. Which, I, I mean, I think they are a lot of fun. But they've just been... I mean, the fact that they beat up the Big 12 a couple of weeks ago. That should show you something. And this is exactly why I've said for ages, and whether it's been... Boise State or TCU or USF or, you know, when Houston was a potential, even though they didn't live up to the hype. Any of the years they were hyped up, they never lived up to the hype. But no matter what team it was in the group of five, what we call the group of five now, I've always said this is why we need a real playoff system because could you just imagine a coastal uh Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Arkansas State, Troy, what have you? Any of the teams in the Sun Belt going up against a Alabama and Auburn and LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma you name it. Name name the big power team. Could you imagine what it would be like watching that game in a game that actually matters? that A game that actually counts. And see if they could actually win. Because that's the other argument that people come up with as well, too. Which is kind of counterintuitive. It, it's counterintuitive and counterproductive, in my opinion. You know all the people who want to keep the the playoff where it is, the way it is now, and you know uh, the same back when with the BCS system. All the people that want to keep the status quo, they have two conflicting arguments when whenever you bring up a group of five beating a power five in a bowl. On one hand, if the Group of Five beats the Power Five in a bowl, in, in like even in a New Year's Six bowl, that isn't part of the playoff that year. Like when UCF beat Auburn a couple of years ago. The naysayers will say, oh, the only reason why they beat them is because Auburn was disappointed that they didn't make it to the, the playoffs, and thus they were disappointed. Or, or and thus they they didn't try as hard because they didn't really consider it a real game. They thought of it as just a a practice for next season. They're just preparing for next season. But by the same token, they'll they'll flip it on its head and say, or when you when you say, okay, well, why don't we expand the playoffs? Then they'll say, oh, we need to protect the tradition of the bowls. The bowls matter. Well, which one is it? Either the Bulls matter or they don't matter. You can't have it both ways. So it's always kind of interesting to me uh, hearing that, that quandary that people throw themselves into. But the Sun Belt has been one of the most fun conferences to watch this season, and I really, really hope that even after the Big Ten and the Pac-12 come back, and especially now, even, I mean, de- especially down here, uh, the fact that the SEC is coming back this week. I really hope that the spotlight is still put on whenever possible. Will it happen? Probably not. I mean, we all know how it how it works. That once Once the big boys come out to play the the spotlight kind of goes away from from the little guys, but I really really hope that we still get that that we still get the uh the the spotlight on uh on these smaller teams on these smaller conferences because that's one of the things i I've said it before, and I'll say it again. That's one of the big reasons why I love college basketball so much and why, honestly, I say college basketball, at least on the level of, in terms of competition and in terms of parity and in terms of really finding out who's the best of the basketball is arms and legs above college football because college football I'd say maybe probably at least 60% of the schools in in FBS are essentially glorified exhibition seasons because they have no chance of making it to the playoffs so and like I said you know people still like the Bulls I I I like the Bulls too. I like being able to watch football every day from you know, from like the twenty first or twenty second on up until I mean outside of that one week the week that they uh that they don't play between the semis and the finals. Outside you know, being able to watch a college football game every day for the entirety of winter break essentially. Is it's fun. it's fun. But at the same time, what do those bowls really mean? They're essentially glorified exhibition games. Yes, you've got the history, especially of the New Year's Six and all of that. But do they really mean anything? And outside of pride, not really. Not really. And, and a lot of teams, unfortunately, especially nowadays, a lot of teams and a lot of players think the same way as I do and, and take those games off, especially those who are going to um to either go to the next level on a player level or on a coach level. If they've gotten hired by another team before the bowl game, a lot of times they don't coach the bowl game. So that just shows you right there how much the bowl game matter. So and and this year this year it's going to be even worse because as a result of the limited teams, although it's not as limited as it was now, we'll see now that the Pac-12 has joint come aboard if this gets changed at all. But according to reports, there's there's speculation going on. I don't know if it's been officially announced or not. I just saw that they were at least thinking about it, that everyone gets into a bowl this year because you have a couple of conferences that would have made it above the, the threshold for the bowls that aren't playing as a result of the Midwest conference not playing and the and the Mac not playing. So if that happens, if everyone gets into a bowl, That's just going to make the Bulls even more meaningless. I mean, yeah, it's fun having a lot of college football. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But my thought has always been this. You go in one of two directions. Either A, you have a real playoff system. You have a real tournament to determine who the best of the best is. Or B, you just go to everyone gets not everyone gets into a bowl, but just bowls. No national champion at all. I don't care about polls. I don't care about anything. I'm gonna say what Bo Schmelberger. I I always stumble on his name, but the my the Michigan head coach from back in the day. He said. If you have a good season, you win the Big Ten, you win the Rose Bowl, you had a great season. If you win the national championship, so be it. But remember a n national championship is mythical. It doesn't matter. It doesn't count. And it's the it's true even today. And and I know people are gonna get are gonna go head over heels for me saying that, especially Alabama fans and LSU fans because of last year. But yes, I will tell you this much. Although last year, I will say, last year was one of the few years that I think they got it right and that there wasn't really an outlier that should have been in. So LSU, I can kind of give it to them. But until the... until college football has a real playoff system where every conference is represented or at least every team has a, an honest chance of making it that national championship is mythical. It is. It just simply is. But like I said, I'm, I'm hoping the Sunbelt, uh, you know, is able to, uh, stay in it and and stay relevant throughout this whole thing but the the big question there is because of the sec starting this week so we've got some fun games going on in the sec honestly one of the better games even though they'll both probably be in the middle bottom of the conference is going to be south carolina tennessee tonight or on saturday rather because those two teams are probably the most evenly matched teams amongst the SEC games this week. Um, you know some of the other games that you've got this week. You've got Georgia, Arkansas. Georgia's going to dominate that one. Gonna dominate there. Vanderbilt, Texas A and M. Texas A and M should win that one. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm missing some. Oh, Florida Ole Miss. Florida will win that one. Kentucky Auburn should be an interesting one. They're both ranked, but I think Auburn has that one in the bag pretty much. And that's all of the games for this week uh, for the SEC. Some other games uh, to take a look at, like I mentioned. Kentucky Auburn's going to be a good one. UCF East Carolina, I I honestly think uh East Carolina has a chance to really do something in that game. Uh but UCF is going to be a tough out. That's for sure. Uh Louisiana-Georgia Southern, I talked about the uh Sun Belt. I think that could be a good game. That could potentially be an upset. You got two ranked teams, Louisville-Pittsburgh playing ACC. That's going to be a fun one. Uh you know, you've got Texas, Texas Tech. That's going to be an interesting one. Another matchup of ranked teams, Cincinnati and Auburn. Or excuse me, Cincinnati and Army. I think Cincinnati should win that one, but that triple option, always tricky. Always, always tough to defend. So there are just a couple of the games that I think um, will be... Interesting games this week. Uh, you know, it's like I mentioned before. It, it's fun to see college football back. It's fun to be able to speculate on these things and actually talk about some real college football instead of you know for weeks, at least a couple of, you know, least, you know yeah, probably a couple a couple of months or at least a month and a half. It all all the conversation about college football was will they or won't they? Will they be able to get a season in or won't they? And now that we've kinda gotten over that hump after it looked like it, it's just been such a roller coaster ride this season. Because it seemed like every other day in August and well especially in July but also going into August it seemed like every other day you were hearing one report on one end or the other so you one day it would be oh we need you know these schools need that money they they need to be able to play so they're going to push forward no matter what and then two days later, they'd say, oh, there's no way they can play. There's no way they can do this uh, properly. There's no way they're going to be able to pull this off. And then a few days later, they'd go right back and say, oh, no, they're they're definitely playing. They're definitely playing. And then obviously you had the Big Ten and, and Pac-12 uh, decide to postpone. And I'll admit, I thought that was going to be the nail in the coffin I thought that okay this is going to be the first domino to fall and whether they like it or not everyone else is just going to have to follow suit and then a week you know a week passed nothing two weeks passed nothing we were getting closer and closer and closer to that football season and it kind of snuck up on you honestly like I did I I was you know, that last week in August, I was just sitting there like wait a second, does college football start this week? And I looked at I was like wow. Now that was only some of the smaller conferences but still it was it, it snuck up on you fast I mean this whole year has snuck up on all of us fast I mean it feels like just yesterday we were in March, April, May, June. And now, you know, we're almost at the end of September, people. Is that crazy? <laughs> you bet your butt it is. It It's just been a crazy year. Uh, you know, the fact that we've got college football and pretty much all of, you know, outside of the FCS, which is going to be... It's going to be very interesting to see how the ratings are for that, assuming that they do play. You know, we all kind of, everyone's kind of uncertain. That was one of the things about the spring season for the Pac-12 and Big Ten too. Is that a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, experts and analysts were thinking. Are they really going to be able to play a spring season? Now with everything moving forward so quickly, I have a feeling that they will play in the spring, the FCS. And assuming that they do, assuming that they do play in the spring, it's going to be very interesting to see the ratings on that. Because at least in my experience, and maybe this is because I'm, A fan of all four of the big sports and soccer, too. So, you know, I watch just about every sport. It seems to me as though there is but isn't a market for football in the spring at the same time. Because obviously, you have the fans, especially down here, that are, you know, football diehards they're going to watch football if it's on no matter what and no matter the quality. Although there have been some that have been complaining about the quality of some of the lower levels, uh, some of the group of five teams in the FBS even. So I don't know how that's going to work. And that's been the one complaint, like with the original XFL and some of the other spring pro leagues that have started up is, the reason why they failed is because they just weren't up to par with the NFL in terms of quality and in terms of talent play in the spring. I think they, I I think the FCS could draw a bit of a crowd and what I hope, and I said this a, a while back with, with some of the higher recruits and now with Dion Sanders being in an HBCU, I would love to see the FCS rise in prominence and, in, and rise in attention as a result of the HBCU uh, movement, as well as because of them moving the season to the spring, because I've said it before. I'll say it again. Not sure if you've heard me say it, but you know, I, I, this has been one of my big things a while back or for a long time. And it, I mentioned something similar earlier, but the FCS has the real national championship because they actually have a tournament and everyone has a chance to get in. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for a number of reasons that the FCS does very well. Uh, Going, you know, going into the spring, it, you know, assuming they do play, which I'm, I'm, sure, barring something crazy. Like I've said, I think it will take something really crazy to stop this momentum that we're going on right now. And, you know, people around here, there are certain, uh, certain reporters, certain newspaper guys that still think that we're at the precipice of the season getting canceled on the high school level. And I'm sure he thinks the same on the college level. And I understand where he's coming from. I know he talks to a lot of coaches. And I know, you know, he's very well versed in it. But I think it's just, I think it's just looking at people too too well. I think it's it's seeing the best in humanity instead of seeing the worst. Because ever since, August ever since the middle of August, when I kind of realized that okay, nothing's gonna change. they're gonna just move forward. I already knew, okay, everyone's just moving on. no one really is worried about the virus as much you know as much as they can, obviously, especially in in high school. you know you need to be able to uh, control uh you know this as much as you can. So yeah, you're going to have cancellations and stuff like that. But for the most part, everyone's just been moving forward and I mean, it it's a good thing but a bad thing at the same time in my opinion. Uh you know, a lot of people and this is something he mentioned as well uh is that you know the SEHSL and and other organizations like it are just basically trying to do it in a way where once everything hits the fan and they need to shut down because like too many games have been canceled or something like that, they can basically they they can uh they can throw blame elsewhere. They can say, "Hey, look, we tried. We tried to do it as much as we can. We tried to push forward, but the virus just wouldn't cooperate." And,
0: you know, is
1: that the way to look at it? Maybe, but, you know, you it would be better to have contingency plans even if you wanted to try it, which I think they should. I'm I'm not saying that they shouldn't be trying right now but they need the on on all levels things should have been much more organized and much more clear cut of okay if x happens then y happens if a happens then b happens instead of kind of just leaving it all up to everyone else to figure out what's going on but that's that's uh, you know that's a story for another day, you know. Let's stay positive here. SEC starting this week. We got lots of college football. gonna be lots of fun. Uh and we've got high school football coming up tonight. We had some high school football last night. So we'll take a quick break and then come right back and we'll talk some high school. Once again you want to come join in talk about some friday night lights or anything else you want to talk about that number three two three seven eight four nine six eight one that number again three two three seven eight four nine six eight one we'll come right back and talk some friday night lights right here on sports unlimited on southern sports central <laughs> Welcome back, as it is now time to get you ready for Friday Night Lights. I'm sure this is the segment that everyone has been waiting for. It's here, people. First week of the South Carolina high school football season. First, before we get on to games and 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 games from last night, games tonight, and notes about the season itself, Talk about a little recruiting notes. First, Hartsville's Tyon Evans, well, formerly of Hartsville, currently over at Hutchinson Junior College in Kansas. Tyon Evans decommits from Tennessee, so he's back to being open for business. A lot of rumors, a lot of speculation saying that he may be reopening the possibility of going to South Carolina. That's going to be a fun one to watch because he was one of the best players for Hartsville, Back a couple of years ago, when he was uh, at Hartsville, and you know, obviously a, a D1 SEC caliber uh, caliber player, uh, but you know, it's gonna be interesting to see where he ends up now. Newberry's Zach Chalmers received an offer from from Duke, so congratulations to him. Malden's Randy Deuce Caldwell offered by Old Dominion. Spartanburg kicker Will Fowler offered by Charlotte. He's considered the best kicker in the state. He has some big offers already. So congratulations to him. Still still waiting to see what happens uh, with both uh, with, with both kickers here in the area. Um, both from Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach being considered two of the best kickers in the state, but haven't really got, gotten many offers. Uh, but, you know, that's something I'm sure they'll get as the season progresses. Uh, Chapman's Camden Gray commits to Wofford, so congrats to him. And then on the baseball diamond, spin pitcher Clan Stewart committed to USC Upstate, and River Bluff pitcher Jack Benedict committed to So congratulations to those guys, and now it is time to both review and preview for week one of the South Carolina high school football season. First, some unfortunate news. The big one, Lexington River game canceled due to COVID cases at Lexington. River has already lost their first two games of the season, also having to postpone the game against South Aiken. Not a good start. A couple of teams losing a couple of games, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, and, and I'll ask uh, Brandon Dunn about this. Ask what he thinks. Um, you know, I'll I'll just say it. I'm sure you guys have have seen it, or I'm sure you guys saw it yesterday when he posted it. If you follow him, Ian Garen from Mo- Maori News, uh, he had a a little thread about him not being very uh very confident in the season being able to get all the way through because of all the postponements and cancellations. And I'm I'm just going to say it, I think they're they're going to find a way and I I get his point. I get what he says how he thinks that you know they're going to end up be, basically being forced as a result of scheduling issues and and playoff implication issues to just shut it down but i i disagree i think i think the high schools are still left i think it's it's very much going to be because this is how a lot of people are moving forward with this how a lot of people are thinking about this virus Right now, especially around here, of it in very Darwinian levels. They're thinking, oh, survival of the fittest, if I get it, I get it, you know, and let's just get back to normal. That's the prevailing thought right now. And that's why we have football right now. So. I don't think that prevailing thought is going to end even with the cancellations, the people, the teams and players and people that are still able to play are just going to drudge forward and, you know, say, Hey, they couldn't hack it. So we're just going to leave them in the dust. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe things will happen, but that's just my thought on the matter uh abbeville crescent also got postponed due to some positive covid cases uh but we still had a number of games that were played last night as a result of rain coming into south carolina today uh there's supposed to be rain here on the grand strand tonight so we'll see if that impacts anything uh, with tonight's games. But obviously they weren't all that concerned about it. Because they didn't push anything forward. Uh, but we'll go. We'll run down through some of the results from last night. Cheraw beat Buford 28-7 uh, last night. Ridge Spring Moneta beat Pelion 26-12. Newberry beat Columbia 39-12. North Central beat Chesterfield, 38-7. Shaheem, and Kalab Haven both with two touchdowns. So a good game for North Central. They look to be uh, a strong team going into the season. Lamar beat Great Falls, 44-12. Tyler McManus passed for two touchdowns and ran for one. Emmonsville beat Hemingway, 15-0. Christian Taylor had a good game for world for the whirlwinds. Scotts Branch beat East Clarendon twenty six. Right, excuse me, sixteen fourteen. C. A. Johnson beat Louis Louisville twenty one fourteen. Chester beat that. Yeah, Chester beat Mid Carolina twenty eight thirteen. Clinton beat Elmer Elm, Emerald. Sorry, thirty six or thirty two twenty six. Blue Ridge beats beat Carolina Academy forty three eighteen. Barnwell beat Edesso fifty-four nothing. And Baptist Hills beat Charleston Math and Science fifty-eight to nothing. So there are your uh results from last night. And like I mentioned, some some teams that are that are ranked in their regions, uh their uh for for those games. Like I mentioned, you know, North North Central had a good game and they are they are ranked uh right now in their region, I believe. I'm trying to get the their info. Actually they are not ranked right now. But after that win, they they may be. They may be. We'll run down the rankings real quick first. And then uh, we'll talk about the game coming up for this week. First up in 5A, Dutch Fork, not surprising at all. Getting all 10 first first, uh, place votes. They're at number one. Dorman at number two. Gaffney at three. Fort Dorchester at four. Burns at five, Sumter and Spring Valley are tied at six, Goose Creek at eight, TL Hanna at nine, and River Bluff at ten. Also re- receiving votes are Rock Hill, Clover, Carolina Forest, Ridgeview, Malden, Berkeley, Conway, Northwestern, and Hillcrest. Uh, you know, Carolina Forest receiving votes not quite in the polls yet, but I think that'll probably change throughout the season. Uh you know, two teams in re or three teams actually in region six uh in the polls. So that region's gonna be tough. Like I said, I think I think it'll probably be something in Carolina Forest that are gonna be the top two that make the playoffs. But, you know, Conway Conway could do something. Uh but especially with how Carolina Forest played in their two scrimmages. They look like a a very tough team to beat. Region four had the most teams in the uh in the poll with four of the five teams, and only Blythewood didn't receive votes at all and It's kind of ironic that they're the one that uh that didn't receive any votes that aren't in the poll at all, considering their new stadium and how nice it is. Um, looks like one of the better stadiums in the state. They're they're a team that's kind of in a rebuilding mode right now. So we'll see where they end up uh, moving forward. You've got Myrtle Beach at number one, not all that surprising, but they only received seven uh, first place votes. South Point at two, Hartsville at three, they received two first place votes. going to be an interesting matchup over there in Region 6. Greenville, they received one vote for first place. They're at four. AC Florida at, Flora at five. They also received a vote for first place. Greenwood at six. Wilson at seven. Greer at eight. North Myrtle Beach at nine. Lawrence at ten. And also receiving votes May River, North Augusta, Eastside, West Florence, Buford, Wal- Walhalla, Westwood, Westside, and Indian Land. Region 2 had all five teams in the region make the polls. So that just shows how strong that region is and, you know, I was I was talking about it last week uh and and it's going to be interesting to see if this is this is possible if if this happened. I or I talked about it earlier this week on on sport on, uh, Southern Sports Central when I was on with Richie, is it possible that a region like Region 2 or Region 6, which we'll talk about in a second, do they beat each other up so much that once the two teams that make it out of that region get into the playoffs, that they just don't have any gas left? You know, it's like the old Big East in basketball. And this is why I've always been curious about a football playoff. Is with how strong the SEC is, whoever made in uh, whoever made into the playoffs as an SEC team, would they just not have enough gas to be able to run through that goal? Interesting question. Uh, but Region Two is going to be a fun one to watch in in Four A. Region 6 also has five teams in the poll. That region has seven teams in total in it. The only team that didn't, or the two teams that didn't make it into the poll in Region 6 are Darlington and South Florence. We'll see South, I'll see South Florence tonight as they face off against Carolina Forest in Myrtle Beach. That's going to be an interesting game. I think Carolina Forest certainly can win that game. You know, they're they're receiving votes, not quite ranked yet, but they're receiving votes. Whereas South Florence is not, uh, but you know that could change tonight if South Florence is able to pull off the upset. Going down to 3A, you've got Dylan with seven first place points in first. Wren has two first place votes at number two. They moved down from 4A to 3A. They they look like they'll probably have a. Uh, You would assume an easier task now in the lower classification. I think that's probably the odds-on favorite matchup for the championship at 3A is Dillon against Wren. Teams are going to be very tough outs this year. Chapman at 3, Daniel at 4, Camden at 5. They received two first-place votes. They played last night and won. They're going to be a, a tough team to beat. Chester at six, Elton Hanea Path at seven, Brooklyn Casey at eight, Union County at nine, and tied for tenth is Strom Thurmond and Oceanside. Also receiving votes are Gilbert, Woodruff, Anor, Wade Hampton, Lake City, and Lower Richland. And once again, the updated. Over in three A regions one and three tied for the most teams with three. Going down to two A at first place with five first place votes is Abbeville. Tied for second with both getting one first place vote vote apiece is Barnwell and Grey Collegiate. Newberry at four. Saluda had two first place votes but got dropped down to five. Timberland with one first-place vote at 6, Cheraw at 7, Chesney at 8, Central at 9, and Andrews at 10. Also receiving votes is Marion, Legion Collegiate, batesburg leesville Andrew Jackson, Mullins, Blacksburg, Latta, and Woodland. Regions 4 and 7 both have four teams. So kind of a more balanced uh more balanced classification down in two A, both upstate and, and lower state have some have some good teams. And at one A, the odds on favorite I think I think a lot of people can agree. Some people may say a few other schools. May say like Lamar, may say a few other schools. But the odds on favorite to me. The odds-on favorite to me to win 1A for the third year in a row is Green C. Floyd. They're at one with seven first-place votes. Lamar's at two. They got one first-place vote. Ridge Spring Manetta, they played last night. They're at three. Southside Christian got one vote. They're at one vote for first place. They're at four. Lakeview at five at 6 C.E. Murray at 7 Arnberg-Einhardt they they actually got a first place vote but they're all the way down at 8 Whale Branch at 9 and McCormick at 10 also receiving votes in 1A Blackville-Hilda Louisville-Great Falls Wilson-Elko East-Clarendon Hannah-Pamplinko McBee Baptist Hill, Branchville, and Carver's Bay. Four Region 2 teams in the poll, all but one team there. And Region 3 and 5 also have four teams in the poll. So the poll is 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 built upon three regions, essentially. Uh, and then one other quick note before we talk about this week's games. Southside Christian's Christian Henderson was invited to the offense-defense All-American Bowl in Texas. There's two offense-defense All-American Bowls, one here in Myrtle Beach and another one in Texas. He was invited to the Texas one, which is kind of surprising to me. You would think they'd want to have him come, uh, you know, play more locally. It's, uh, that, that's up to them and up to him. So, you know, congratulations to him, though. Now, looking ahead to tonight, here are your games on the grand strand tonight. First up in 5A, you've, like I mentioned, South Florence, Carolina Forest. I'll have all the action for that one tonight. Go on YouTube, look up Carolina Forest uh, Panthers Football Network, or look up just look up Carolina Forest Panthers, and you'll find it. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that if you want to. Here's some good football action tonight. St. James against Conway also tonight. Sumter at Sockisty tonight. Uh, The St. James and Conway game, I think, is probably the most interesting in that region because it will really show if Conway is for real or not this year. Will they be a legitimate threat to Carolina Forest? or will it be Forest and Sumter as the top two teams. But at the same time, the Sumter Sockettie game will be interesting, especially because it's at Sockettie, to see if all the hype is for real with Sumter. Going down to 4A, you've got Darlington against Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle against Hartsville, and Wilson against Florence. All right, Wilson against West Florence, excuse me. Uh so, a couple of interesting games there. Uh, but I think I think all of those games except for maybe North Myrtle against Hartsville and potentially Wilson West Lawrence, but I'm not sure. I think Myrtle Beach has the Darlington game in hand. But Darlington has pulled up some interesting upsets over the years. Like last year against North Myrtle. North Myrtle, Hartsville is going to be interesting. Both of them ranked uh i think hartsville probably has the edge but that'll be interesting and then wilson west florence i think wilson has the edge on that one but it is an away game so who knows there that could be a fun one as well going down to 3a dylan and Lor- Loris are playing tonight that game was originally it was supposed to be a home game for Loris. But as a result of them not getting the track done in time, that game is actually being moved to North Myrtle. So kind of lucky that the Chiefs are playing on the road tonight, uh, because they they needed that they needed to be able to find a venue to play that game, and luckily for them, North Myrtle wasn't using their stadium, so they'll use they'll use the uh, Chiefs stadium at Anor finally got an opponent for week one uh, earlier this week Lakewood will play them and it, they, it kind of fell into their last because Lakewood had their game against Camden canceled due to COVID uh, you know and so as a result Lakewood was available Lakewood had the opportunity to find another opponent and Anar said, Hey, we we're still looking for an opponent, let's do this. So kinda you know, the one kind of good thing that's come out of a- you know, COVID when it's come to Anar is they they got a an opponent for week one as a result. Obviously if this were in a regular season, that wouldn't have been necessary anyway. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Going down, uh, you got Marion versus Andrews tonight. That should be a big one. Probably the biggest matchup, or at least one of the biggest matchups in the area tonight is going to be Lakeview against Green Sea Floyd. That one... I don't know if he'll determine the region i certainly th- well it probably will it probably will determine the region. I think Green c Floyds has it on lock, but that's going to be a fun game to watch uh and and definitely the game to watch tonight in my opinion uh Johnsonville against Hannah pamplinko uh plays tonight as well in one a Looking around the rest of the state, some other games to keep an eye on. Greer versus Greenville tonight. AC Florida against Westwood. I'll be keeping an eye on that one since Carolina Forest will be playing Westwood at the end of the season this year. And Spring Valley against Rock Hill. So a lot of fun games coming up tonight. Lots of fun action for everyone. And, yeah, just... Hey, foot football's back high school football's back you got sec coming back this weekend lots of things to look forward to and just everyone i don't care what you think about it i don't care what your opinion is for the sake of these kids and for family members and preferably for yourself if you're not going to do it for yourself do it for someone you care about or something you care about. And I'm assuming if you're listening to the show, you all care about college and high school football. Just do what you need to do. Wear a mask. Social distance. Do to make sure you stay safe out there. Because I am I know for a fact that these kids want to play football I know. I want to be able to call football this season, and I think as long as we all do the right thing, that's possible. And it's very simple. It's you're not you're not getting you know a root canal. The the what you have to do is not hard. It's really not. So just. Do what you need to do. Have have some common sense, and and let's get this done. So, like I said, you know, fun fun week, fun fun night tonight. Uh, if you guys are coming out, if any of you guys are coming out to Carolina Forest tonight uh, before the game, if you see me walking around, come on, say hi, and uh, yeah, this. This is gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be a really fun season. Um, I'm looking forward to it a lot. I'm sure all of you out there are looking forward to it. Uh, you know, there's not really much else I can say about it other than other than it's something that a lot of people, myself included have been looking forward to for a while. It was a it was a rough road getting here. So many changes, so much uncertainty. But we are finally here. We are at the precipice of the 2020 high school football season here in South Carolina. And it's going to be fun. That's, that's all I can say about it. It's going to be a fun ride. There's a lot of intriguing storylines out there, a lot of intriguing teams out there, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a little bit. We'll have ABC 15's Brandon Dunn on, talk about all the things going on in on the Grand Strand, last night's games, uh, tonight's games, what he thinks about everything that's going on, See if he thinks we'll get through a season. Got a bunch of questions for him and a lot of fun to come up with him in just a little bit. So stay stay tuned right here to Sports Unlimited. We'll be right back with Brandon Dunn here on Sports Unlimited on the Southern Sports Central. Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central as we are at the top of the hour. One more hour left to go. And as promised, we've got Brandon Dunn, Sports Director over at WPDE Channel 15 ABC. Brandon, how's it going? All right. How you doing this morning, buddy? Not too bad, not too bad. I you had a uh, busy night, a little busier than you probably initially expected last night as a result of uh, some games being played last night. What were your what were some of your biggest takeaways from some of the games that we saw last night?
0: Well, uh
3: we knew what Lamar was going to do and Lamar did what they did. Um so that wasn't a surprise in uh in their big win uh, over Great Falls. They they took care of business and put 44 on the board, so uh Lamar starts off the season as we all expected them to do and that's uh that's with a big win um you know Timmonsville goes on the road and uh and takes care of business against Hemingway um I give props to Hemingway that game was actually uh scoreless at the half and it took a couple of second half touchdowns for uh for the whirlwinds to to get out of Hemingway with the win and then Sherrill is Sherrill and they uh they do what they do so those those were the three, uh, the three games that we saw last night and really, uh, no big surprise in any of the outcomes, to be honest with the I was impressed with, um, uh, with Sherrall and some, uh, some of what they got, uh, back, uh, Tyson Hall is, uh, is, a is a guy that's been under center for, uh, for Andy Paul at Sherrall for a couple of years now, and he's a, he's a good player. So, um, he led that, uh, Braves, uh, Braves offense down. They put 28 on the board and, uh, mccaskill looks the part uh, their tailback so nothing really shot me last night but it was good to have uh, high school football back that's for sure
1: yeah definitely and and you mentioned timmonsville christian taylor had a great game last night for the whirlwinds.
3: yeah he did you know he's just a he's just an athlete um over six foot tall uh i was kind of surprised to see him at receiver uh i guess they feel pretty good about uh who they have at quarterback because Christian has played quarterback, or he did last year, and I just assumed they'd pencil him in there. But uh, pencil in is the word, you know. Uh, you can always erase it and move him around, and he did extremely well. It's uh, when you're—I uh, believe he's like six one, six two, if I'm not mistaken—and uh, yeah. you know, in, in that classification, that, that's, a, that's a tall kid, and you just throw the ball up to him, he's gonna—he's he, gonna make things happen, and he, he surely did that last night. Well, that's what I was
1: about to say, especially at some of the low, those lower classifications. When you've got a tall guy like that, you just pretty much put them out there and just tell your quarterback, hey, throw it up in the air. He'll just grab it for any defender he's up against.
3: Yeah, and that's exactly what they did last night. Um, you know, uh, they they threw it up there, and he came down with some some great grabs and uh, put put that team in a position to win, and they capitalized him got the dub and and went back to Timminsville.
1: And, you know, before we get on to uh, tonight's games, the first polls of the season came out. What what was your reaction to some of the names that were on there and maybe weren't necessarily on there? Were there any teams that surprised you either in their placing or the fact that they were either on or off of the rankings this, this season?
3: I would say the biggest surprise would be Carolina Forest, and, and you actually uh, saw my tweet, and you know I had I had to I had to relook at that because I didn't see their, uh, their they received votes, but I was shocked that they weren't in the top ten. Uh, what Mark Morris has back uh, with with um, eight starters on defense, uh, back on offense, especially along that offensive line, uh, twenty eight seniors. Um, from a group that went to the lower state championship. Uh, I was really surprised that they weren't in the top ten. Uh, that was my biggest takeaway uh, with regards to that. Now, outside of of that, I wasn't surprised about the teams that were in there. Myrtle Beach, Dillon, Green Sea all start the season ranked number one, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, no. Myrtle obviously played the state championship game. Green Sea is the defending state champ, and Dillon is Dillon. So none of that surprised yeah. me. Uh, Lakeview is 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 up there in Class A. So is Lamar. Uh, so yeah, when you looked at the when you looked at it, it it was it is what it's been uh, since I've been here. Um, there wasn't any real shockers outside of Carolina Forest not being ranked. I, I was kind of surprised about that. I think the reason for why
1: Carolina Forest wasn't ranked, and yeah, they received some votes, probably from the uh writers around here that have seen them play and know what they're all about i think the reason why they didn't get into the the rankings at least to start off the season is the fact that they lost so much on the offensive side that i mean when prior to seeing them scrimmage this season i was a little worried about how that offense was going to play without mason garcia david leggett you know garcia um or excuse me um Uh, they're Murphy Um, you know having so many pieces missing uh, you know it kind of made you question if they were really going to be as good as they they were last year but I think they they certainly showed to me in the scrimmages that they have that ability to be up there this year again
3: yeah and the thing about Carolina Forest and I think it gets uh, overlooked sometimes um, especially in the high school ranks, is, is who you have up front.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you've
3: got a solid offensive line, I mean, that's where games are won. Coaches will tell you it's always one of the trenches on both sides of the ball. And when you got the, the talent and the experience uh, that Mark Morris has, especially along that offensive line, and he even mentioned that to me when I went out there to practice a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know, our offensive lines are bread and butter. We can we can put a, a tailback back there, and as long if those guys open up a hole that a truck can drive through, anybody can run the football. So, um, and that's that's what they have. Uh, and and watching Kyle, he's just an athlete. Uh, mm-hmm. And watching him at practice and run that offense uh, in practice, uh, I was really impressed uh, by not just the fact that he understands what that offense is supposed to do, but also manages it quite well. Considering stepping in that role, and he hadn't been in that role since middle school, but he seems to have a command of that offense, and uh, the guys uh, the guys respect him and understand that it's it's his offense, and he uh, I think he's going to do well. Now, you know Mason obviously was six three, six four, and had a cannon. Well, you know Kyle's not that he's 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 maybe five ten, maybe maybe uh, he's a little bit taller than I am, and I'm not that tall, but. Uh, his arm strength maybe is not as strong, but he can do things. He can still get you the ball, and he obviously can and run like uh, yeah. like Mason can. So you yeah, know, I, I, they'll be they'll be fine.
1: That that's one thing that he really impressed me with. I mean, obviously you can't, he comes from being a wide receiver earlier on, so he's got that speed. But I think this offense is going to be much more. I mean, you saw it. He he did throw the ball a good bit, and he threw it very well. But I think this is gonna be he's gonna run a lot more options and scrambling uh this season than maybe Mason did last season.
3: Yeah, and, and that's that's Kyle's uh bread and butter. I mean they're they're gonna use his strength um and they're gonna do uh what they need to do to to win ball games and, and, and change their offense around but it's not gonna be changed very much. They're they're a run oriented football team. They they have been um since since Mars Morris uh took over um, you know, his whole thing first was supplanting himself as a as a defense, getting a, getting his defense right first and, and making sure that, you know, they're winning on that side of the ball and then and then running the rock. And they've had really good running backs uh over the over the course of the last six years with diverse Simmons and then of course David. So uh we'll see what happens. I, I think Mo can handle the job and of course Adam seems to uh seems to, to fit in there nicely as well when they bring him in. Yeah, I mean
1: the one thing, and you and I know it as well as anyone, I'm sure. But the the one thing, unfortunately, especially when it comes to polls and stuff, is and and some even even some sports writers are uh, are guilty of this. You know, we talk about it, defense and the line work wins championships. We were talking about it last week, but a lot of times it kind of gets overlooked, and you know, it it you don't get as many. Uh, accolades for being a good offensive line, as you do for having those flashy plays. Oh yeah, well you
3: know it's been like that since I you know, oh forever. I mean you you can you can look at it and and see that those guys up front, you know they they don't get as much love as they probably should um, because everybody likes the flash and the and the guys that run the rock and the ones that catch it and the quarterbacks and you know we're we're all guilty of of that because they're the ones that, you know, put the, put the, put the uh, the ball in the end zone. But if, it's, if you don't have an offensive line to open up those holes, you're not pass able. protect, you're not, you're not, you're not doing much. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, looking forward to tonight, a bunch of good matchups tonight. Is there one in particular? Obviously the, the Green Sea Floyds Lakeview matchup is probably the biggest uh, in terms of uh, placement and in terms of, standings this season but any matchup outside of that
3: uh you're really looking forward to tonight. Wilson and West Florence. Um I think that's going to be a heck of a ball game. You talk about athletes, you're going to have them all over the field on on both sides of the ball. Um Wilson is stacked, West is, is stacked as well. Uh you know, that's a that's a Florence City rivalry game and it's only fitting that that's the first game uh, <laughs> of the season up there that you're going to have those two teams uh, battling it out. And it's got a little bit more uh, importance this year for the simple fact that West is, is now in that region. And yeah. uh, so it's a, obviously it's a region game, but uh, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, I, w- I definitely uh, would pay attention to that one. The other one would be uh, North Myrtle beach and Hartsville. Um, I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a heck of a ball game. Uh, I'll be curious to see um um, you know, heartful. We kind of know what they're going to bring because they're a run-oriented team. Uh, they do throw the ball every every once in a while, but they're going to run it down your throat because that's what they do. But uh, you know, Jeff Calvary's, uh really wasn't all that happy when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago for the simple fact that he just hadn't had time to be with his team very much uh, to get ready for the season. So uh, we shall see. Uh, I, I would say uh, those are the those are the two big ones that, that stand out to me.
1: Yeah, we we talked about it last week, and then you just mentioned it there with uh, with Calvary. Um, do you have coaches been kind of? I mean, obviously they couldn't do much about it, but have you heard a lot of coaches saying, I'm "Not sure if my team's where they need to be as a result of not getting much practice"?
3: All of them, uh, yeah. every single one I talked to, said uh, they're they don't they're not where they need to be. Um, that they're they're way behind. Uh, you know, not having spring football and then, of course, adding the fact you didn't have summer workouts and seven-on-sevens and things along those lines, uh, most of them, I'd say all, I'd take that back, most of them um, are, are concerned and have have some concerns going into the season about what their teams are going to be like because of that lack of preparation. There are, there are a few that uh, feel pretty comfortable about what they have uh, but not many. A, a lot of them are, are still kind of, um, how do I put this, uh, eager to see how things pan out tonight. So I, I expect yeah. to see some, a little bit of sloppy football tonight just because of the preparation or the lack thereof. What's surprising, though,
1: you know – a lot of people were thinking the same thing going into the college season and going into the NFL season, but it didn't really happen. Obviously high school is, is a different level, but it seems like once those lights go on, these players, whether they had two weeks or, or 10 weeks of practice there, it seems like teams are ready to go. And we still see some good football uh, coming out anyway.
3: Yeah, we do, but you have to also remember that college and the pros. I mean, those guys eat, sleep, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's football for them. And in high school, you know, you can get a couple of guys that eh, okay. Well, we're going to do as minimal as we can, just because you know we don't want coach to get mad at us. Especially you know, there's not the necessarily that drive,
1: especially at the lower level. Uh, what was that? Uh, when when uh you know talking about you know preparation and and all of that especially after what happened this week in the NFL with all of the injuries that we saw and you have to imagine that the limited amount of preparation played a big factor to it are you worried about it and have you been hearing coaches saying we're worried about the potential for an increase in injuries this year
3: yeah, and that was one of the big concerns that a lot of coaches had. You know, administrators, and I understand uh, where they're coming from, were concerned about COVID and the liability that came with that. But in the coaches' mind, their concerns were injuries and having put the, having to put their players in positions to not be prepared and not be ready and throw them out there and expect them to uh, to play a football game without really any uh, preparations to play a football game, uh, so there was a lot of concern from from several coaches I talked to about uh, player safety and um, not quite sure how how some of the their younger players were going to adapt to making the move from J.B. to varsity and having to play at that varsity level with without having to scrimmage or things along those lines. To just kind of throw them in the mix, so yeah, there there were concerns about injuries. Um, so we'll kind of see, have to keep an eye on that and, and see how uh, see how it plays out
1: considering that what you mentioned right there, uh you mentioned, you know, a lot of players jumping from J V to varsity. Are we gonna you know, every now and again obviously you get a player that's just too good to not put on the field. But do you think we're gonna see fewer underclassmen playing this season than we have in years past?
3: I don't think so. Uh I think coaches are gonna play who they, they need to play to to win football games and you know these underclassmen still have to get that varsity experience because you know the we're, we're still going to go into uh, into the next season and in, in the following year and a lot of these coaches are going to rely on those players to to play and they're they're going to have to go in there and and get that experience this year. So I, I don't I don't think that would be the case now.
1: With uh, with the season about to come, obviously we still have a few months before this. But has there been any sort of rumors or speculation or or thoughts thrown around as to I know they haven't officially announced anything of where the championship is gonna play the, be played this year.
3: No, I haven't heard anything. Um I think they're still trying to figure that out. Uh you know with the South Carolina High School League you never know. You never know mm-hmm. what you're gonna get. So uh but no I haven't heard anything uh, about that. I would assume that it would be in Columbia. Now, um, but you know, you know what I say about assumptions. So, who knows? Uh, I guess we'll we'll all find out at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, more than likely, that seems how it seems to be how it always goes when it comes to the high school league. Um, I I'm sure you saw it on on Twitter, and you know, we talked about it with coaches and everything. I'm sure you saw Ian Garin post on Twitter his thoughts on everything and with postponements and all of that. What are your thoughts overall on on this season? Do you think we're gonna get through it? Um, with, you know, how many games is each team gonna play? Where just do you think that this is obviously it's not gonna be a regular season by any stretch of the imagination, but do you think we're gonna be able to get through it?
3: I think we will. Um, now, will there be um, hiccups along the way? Absolutely. Will some teams have to? Um, you know, bail out of a game uh, and, and try to add a game later. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, be how it plays out. Now, if a team can't play a region game, you know, I guess they're going to have to figure that out as as uh, the season goes on and, and when we get closer. But with only two teams making the playoffs this year, it kind of makes things a little bit easier uh, in terms of trying to figure out the postseason instead of trying to figure out who that third, fourth, maybe fifth team is in some of these regions. Um, But yeah, I see the season playing out. And the reason I think that is because Skies has been able to accomplish it uh, and Mm -hmm. they're going into week five. Um, There has been a couple of games that have been canceled due to COVID issues or health concerns, but for the most part, um, most of these teams have have played every game um, or, uh, or are pretty darn close to every game. So I don't see why the high school league can't can't do it if the if the skis and schools are uh, are been able to accomplish it. So, yeah, I, I see them playing out of the full season.
1: Yeah, I, I I definitely have to agree with you. It seems like everyone's uh, trying to move forward as best as they can. Uh, where are you going to be anywhere in particular tonight?
3: Yeah, our uh, our game of the week, our Friday Night Rivals game of the week. That oh, you can right. see, uh, on C- Yeah, Myrtle. you can see on CW is Darlington and Myrtle Beach at, uh, at the Shaw. So I'll be there at uh, 5 and 6 uh, doing live shots uh, over on ABC 15 to gear you up for that that matchup. Then I'm going to leave there and uh, go over to Sogusty and see Ben Hampton and see what the Braves are all about against Sumter. That would be a big test for them, obviously. Sumter is one of the favorites outside of uh, – Carolina Forest to win that region. And then I'm going over to CF. So uh, I'll uh, end the night over at Carolina Forest and and uh, South Florence. I'm interested to see how Drew Marlowe's team looks. Um, I, I kind of know what to expect from Carolina Forest, but I want to see South Florence and, and what he throws out there. And uh think should be a pretty good matchup. Uh, Lenore Sellers is a good quarterback, so that's going to be um, a, a test for that Carolina Forest defense, which is good. They, they need to be tested early. Uh, with uh region play starting here shortly, so yeah that that's where i'll be i'll be all uh be all over the strand tonight
1: so i'll i'll, I'll see you at the end of the night tonight then
3: yeah you'll see me at the end of the night and then of course uh, on the end zone at uh eleven twenty first end zone of the season and uh we'll uh we'll kick things off at eleven twenty over on a b c fifteen and our hour full of uh highlights and uh live coaches interviews and and the whole nine yards. So looking forward to it, excited about getting back into the swing of things and and having some high school football and some some sense of normalcy, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be nice finally having a little bit of normalcy. One one final question before I let you go. Um, You know, you were talking about Drew Marlowe and and South Florence and everything. How are they going to plan on replacing Hassan Wilson?
3: You don't. Uh, you, you can't replace a kid like that. Uh, it's it's like trying to replace a David Leggett, for example, yeah. at, at South Florence, or yeah. uh, I mean, at Carolina Forest, or uh, you know, it's he's that he was that special to that football team. Um, uh, not just from a standpoint of athleticism, but the heart and soul, uh, leadership role, um, and and things along those lines. That's a big, big, um, uh setback for Drew uh, not having that young man in there Uh, so we're gonna see but uh, that that was a big blow for them
1: yeah that's definitely a big blow for them that's in a team that's already in a rebuilding kind of process obviously with the new coach and everything Uh, you know so it's it that's it's gonna be a good game tonight I think Carolina Forest probably as long as they do what they need to do, we'll have that game in the bag tonight, but stranger things have happened, especially this year. Uh, so once again, Brandon, thanks for joining me and, uh, we'll talk to you next week and maybe, uh, and we'll have, we'll have some actual, well, we had some last week, but we'll have a lot more football to talk about next week as well.
3: All right. Thanks Brandon. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. And, uh, We'll see you guys on the end zone.
1: Yep. See you later. See you tonight. And uh, lots of fun stuff to look forward to uh, on the South Carolina high school football side of things. So we'll take a quick break and then come right back and uh, wrap things up here on sports unlimited on Southern sports central.
0: Would you right down At all your feet If you're home with me would you in my house Boom, 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 boom hmm hmm mm-hmm. i love to see you walk Up and down the floor
2: Talking to me, oh, that baby talk. I like it like that. When you talk like that, you knock me dead. they all my feet. How, 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 how. how. Walk that walk and talk that talk and whisper in my ear. Tell me she loves me. I love that talk, that baby talk. She knocked me dead right off my feet. A how, 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 how.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, baby.
1: Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. Got a little under half an hour left to go in the show. And once again, as always, if you want to call in, join in. It's time to talk before uh, the season starts. 323-784-9681. And now again, three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. Whether you're a fan, a player, coach, whoever. If you want to come on board, talk about what what you think your team's going to do this, this weekend, or tonight, rather. Uh, talk about, I mean, if you want to talk about what you think your team's going to do this weekend for college or pro football, whatever you want to talk about, I'm here. So, lots of fun stuff coming up. Uh, you know, once again, tonight is the night. Tonight is opening night for high school football here in South Carolina. I'll be calling Carolina Forest versus South Florence. That should be a fun one like Brandon and I were talking about. Carolina Forest has that one in the bag, but, you know, you never know, especially stranger things have happened this year with COVID. So, you know, upsets are expected this year, I would have to say. So, it's going it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh like we were talking about, I think Carolina Force certainly should be ranked. They will be ranked at some point. Uh but, you know, it's just a matter of them basically essentially proving themselves and showing everyone that hey, we still have the pieces here to be a contender. Even without the likes of uh Mason Garcia and David Leggett and Josh Murphy. Even with them all going back, you know, going out playing Division One football now, we're still a powerhouse here on the Grand Strand and and we're here to take names. They certainly showed it during the scrimmages, certainly showed it during the preseason that, you know, they're a force to be reckoned with and now it's time to really prove themselves going into the regular season. Quick rundown of, uh, all the things we talked about. If you, uh, missed any part of the show, we talked some MLB talked about the playoffs talked about, you know, who I thought were going to be, uh, the final teams to make it. Obviously in the AL, you have the entirety of the playoffs, uh, finished up the race clinched the east Yankees and Blue Jays uh made in the wild card Twins, White Sox and Indians all made uh, are all in the playoffs just determining who will be the uh division winner which I'm thinking White Sox more than likely will uh Oakland clinched the west so the AL is all squared up. But on the NL side, there's still a few spots. The Dodgers clinched the West. Cubs and Padres each clinch playoff berths. But the last three spots are still up for grabs. And I think the Phillies, Cards, and Giants will be those last three teams in that will make it. Moving on, uh, we talked some NBA. Both LA and Miami up 3-1. Looks like that's going to be the series... For the finals and it's going to be An interesting matchup considering LeBron's History with Miami So that should be a good one We'll definitely have stuff to talk about With that next week Uh, Going on Moving on to NHL Lightning is leading Dallas 2-1 in the Stanley Cup Finals I still think the Stars have a chance of Coming back But you know whether, Whether or not they do Is the big question Over on the NFL side, the big storyline this weekend was injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Christian McCaffrey out a couple of weeks with a high ankle sprain. Saquon Barkley torn ACL out for the remainder of the season. Uh, The Giants did sign Devonta Freeman to kind of fill the gap for now. Uh, Nick Bosa out with the torn ACL Jimmy Garoppolo high ankle sprain not a good week for the San Francisco 49ers they're still they were trying to have this year be their revenge tour to get back to the Super Bowl and win it this time that that looks like it's more than likely not going to happen Drew Locke sprained AC joint Cortland Sutton torn ACL two huge Broncos injuries. They probably weren't going to do much of anything this year anyway,
3: but still
1: big blows to them. Devontae Adams, hamstring injury. Tavon Long, injury. Malik Hooker, Achilles injury. Not really all that surprising considering no real preseason. And like I talked about Brandon Dunn just a little while ago, makes me worried about the injury proneness uh of the rema- of this season, when it comes to the high school kids, because like Brandon said, they these kids don't necessarily eat, sleep, breathe football. They have other things they like to do. They have social lives, et cetera, et cetera. Not to mention they don't have the same sort of training regimens as the college and pro players do. So I have a bad feeling that we're going to be seeing a lot of injuries that you may not have necessarily seen in years past. This year on the high school level, we've already seen a couple of players go down either during practice or during scrimmages. So yeah, this is going to be an interesting season. I, I do agree with Brandon though, that I think like I mentioned earlier when I was talking about it, teams in these districts and the and, and the SEHSL are going to try to get the season in as much as they can. It will take something catastrophic where the majority of the teams in the state aren't playing in a given week. I think that would make it even potentially shut down and even then I'm sure there will be question marks. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, NFL issued some fines on Vic FanGio, Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan for now wearing masks on the sideline. Gotta get it together. Uh you know, whether it's coaches, players, fans, refs, whoever. Care what you think about it. I don't care what your political stance is just for the sake of football just wear the damn thing that's all i got to say to that just wear it it it's an inconvenience for however long you're at the the stadium and then you know once you're home once you're in the comfort of your home you you can do you know whatever whatever you want to do you can get whatever you want to get done done and you can act as and you can act in whatever way you want. So that's just that that's my PSA for the night or for the morning rather. Uh you know, college speaking of you know, COVID and those issues, Wake Forest Notre Dame was cancelled this week. Arkansas State lost another game, postponing their game against Tulsa. They're supposed to be coming here uh next week to play coastal. We'll see if that happens. No idea at this point. North Texas Houston is canceled as well. But on the flip side, the Pac twelve decided to come back and play in November. So it's <laughs> the this whole give me this whole week this whole season. And this whole year has just been such a crazy roller coaster ride. Um, that it, it's just it's nuts. It's nuts. One thing I don't think I remember I don't think I mentioned earlier is that there's a name and image and likeness bill uh, that was introduced to Congress I think yesterday. So that's some good news on the uh, college front how with with how you know people have been calling it for a long time, and there is still a little bit of a debate on this, some college football purists still think that it's going to have a detriment to the game and say, "Oh, it takes away from amateurism and, and all of that, which i I can understand to an extent, but at this point, I think it's beyond time that. You know, you, you can't have it both ways. Either it's purely amateur, but then, you know, the school shouldn't be making a ton of money, the coaches shouldn't be making a ton of money, um, and, you know, it should be essentially like a non-profit, essentially. Or you pay the players. There, You know, there's no real middle ground. And, and you know, say oh they get scholarships and all that and I agree with that to an extent I agree that you know those scholarships are hard to come by and that you know regular ordinary students would die to have a full ride but unfortunately a lot of those players aren't necessarily going there for the education so those scholarships and those scholarship dollars could be moved to another group that may be more receptive and more appreciative of it. Uh, you know, you've got, you've got te- you you've got, well, not not to mention the players. If you've ever, you know, interacted with a college athlete, especially on the D- Division One level. Yes, they technically have to go to classes, but for one, their schedules are made to where they're getting very easy classes. And for two, they get so much help, and and their time is primarily consumed with whether it's football or basketball, with the sport that they're playing, that, you know... It's not really. They're not really going there primarily for school. It's pretty much they're primarily there for basketball or football or what have you. But the academic is kind of an added bonus, essentially. At least to them. Or at least in the eyes of the university. You know, they're primarily brought on because of their football or basketball ability. And they're allowed to also get an education essentially. And that may sound kind of harsh and kind of messed up, but that seems like how it is. That seems like how it is. where Because a lot of times the academics and, and schools even get caught on this where the academic standards, for some players uh are kind of, you know, pushed aside as a way of getting those players onto campus. So, uh but, you know, I I think they probably should get paid um the one other Issue that people bring up is the fact that it's going to hurt the non-cash crop sports, which I agree with. I do think you still need baseball, softball, track, wrestling, all of those sports. Soccer.
0: You still want
1: still want to be able to have those sports in college but the question is how do you how do you handle that you know while you know because the one big argument when it came to the whole covid issue when it came to college athletics was the the big the big argument for why college football needed to be played was oh college football funds all the other sports funds all the non-revenue sports which is kind of true which is true for the most part in in most uh, on most colleges for most colleges because you know even even if they get some fans to go to and, and this is just on my personal experience there may be some schools that do it differently but most uh and and I think maybe for non students they they had to pay i i could be wrong i I never went as a non student but I know when I was at c n Hall for soccer games and volleyball games for the non revenue sports uh and and for the uh for for soccer games, volleyball games, and baseball games, you didn't have to pay at all to go to those games. You just walked in and, and went in. Uh, I think for volleyball, at least, I did need to technically get a ticket, but I just showed my ID and got a ticket that way. So it might volleyball you might have had to pay to get in if you weren't, a student. but for soccer and baseball, you could just walk up and watch the game. So that's, you know, that's something that, you know, a lot of people have to take into consideration when it comes to, you know, the the non-revenue revenue sports is they're not really getting much of anything because they're not even charging for people to watch the games and especially i would think it would be even bigger on a campus with a football team because you know in the in the fall you know volleyball and soccer happen in the fall those those sports are going to have to compete with football even more so than the non-football schools would uh in order to get fans to come to the games and so that makes their lives even trickier. Uh, so you know, I understand the the concept. I understand the reasoning behind why you know schools are are worried about it, and, and that's why everyone that's why everyone was so focused on oh, we need to get football. We need to get football this season was because of the fact that at least in a lot of people's minds, and, and the logic is kind of flawed due to the fact that um, you know, with limited capacities, you're not making as much money as you would have otherwise. But some money is better than no money uh to help out these universities and unfortunately, as a result of all of this, we've been seeing some cuts on athletic programs, seeing some some sports get cut as a result of this so it's unfortunate uh but I think we'll rebound and uh and I think uh sports will be back stronger than ever uh, sooner rather than later. You know, we're headed in the right direction, barring something crazy happening, which is still 2020. We still have a few months left. So who knows what's going to happen over the next couple of months, Uh, especially with, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that we're headed into flu season as well. So that combined with the virus is going to make things very interesting. I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy, but it it would kind of be funny and ironic if now that the Big Ten and Pac-12 have reversed course and now they're planning on playing in October and November respectively, it would be kind of ironic if by mid-October something catastrophic happens and the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 need to shut down. And then the Big 10 and Pac-12 kind of have to, you know, figure out, okay, do we still move forward because we said we would? Or do we go back to our original stance of shutting it down? Uh, the, the likelihood of that happening is probably pretty low. But it it would kind of be, it would be very ironic if that were to happen. Uh, We got, you know, so we, we've got SEC football this week, which is going to be good to see. We got some, you know, obviously we still have ACC and everything. Uh, so with about nine and a half minutes left to go on the show, uh, You know, let's talk a little bit about, and once again, if you want to call in and get get some last-minute comments in, 323-784-9681 is that number to call that number again, 323-784-9681. So be sure to call in. Let me know what you think about all things in the world of sports right now. Once again, we've got some sports. We've got some high school football tonight. We had some last about with Brandon Dunn. Sherraw beat Buford. Uh, yeah, Newberry beat Columbia. North Central beat Chesterville. Lamar beat Great Falls. Timminsville beat Hemingway. Scott Branch beat Clarendon. Chester beat Mid Carolina. Clinton beat Emerald. Blue Ridge beat Carolina Academy. Barnwell beat Adesso. Baptist Hill beat Charleston, and Science. And we've got some games tonight. I'll be calling South Florence versus Carolina Forest. So if you're a fan of either Carolina Forest or South Florence, be sure to give that one a listen got St. James against Conway tonight. Sumter-Saukesty. Big test to see if Sumter is the real deal tonight. Uh, especially at Saukesty. Got Darlington-Myrtle Beach. That's the game of the week. North-Myrtle against Hartsville. We talked about that one before. West-Florence against Wilson. Or Wilson against West-Florence. West-Florence is the home team. That Those two games should be interesting ones. You got Dylan-Lawrence. Dylan Loris, uh, that's actually being played at uh, North Myrtle Beach. That should be an interesting one. The big one tonight, and overall throughout all the uh, classifications, is Lakeview against Green Sea Floyds tonight. That should be a fun one. Uh, Lots of fun matchups over, you know, that's the Grand Strand stuff. Some of the other games to keep an eye on tonight: Greer against Greenville, Florida against Westwood, Spring Valley Rock Hill. I'll predict a couple of these real quick before we sign off. Uh, Carolina Forest, South Forest. I think Carolina Forest has it in the bag, barring something crazy happening. Conway St. James. I think Conway will win that one. Sumter at Saucasey. I think Sumter will win that one. Darlington, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach is going to win that one. North Myrtle against Hartsville is going to be interesting. But I think because of Hartsville being the home team, I think Hartsville is going to win that one out. Wilson, West Florence. That's also going to be an interesting one, especially considering West Florence is the home team. But I think Wilson's going to pull that one out. Anor against Lakewood that's going to be an interesting one as well. Uh, I think Lakewood's going to actually win that one out. Dylan Loris, Dylan's going to win that one. Marion Andrews, I think Marion's going to win. That might be a fun one, but I think uh, Green Sea will be able to win that one. Johnsonville, Hannah Pamplinko. uh, I think Hannah Pamplinko will win. Uh, Greer, Greenville, I think Greenville's gonna win that one. AC Florida against Westwood, I think Westwood will win that one. And then Spring Valley, Rock Hill, I think, hmm, that one's a tricky one. That one's one of the closer ones, uh, that's kind of hard to predict. Uh, but I think, uh, I, I think, uh, I think Spring Valley will probably win that one, but Rock Hill's going to be a tough out. That's that's for sure. Uh as we get close to the final 4 minutes of the show, hope you guys enjoyed it and hope you guys uh stay safe out there. Everyone just just do your part. Do what needs to be done to make sure you stay safe. Everyone in your family stays safe, uh, and more. And I don't know whatever. Like I said, whatever is most important to you, focus on that as the reasoning for why you're wearing the mask. Whether it's a, your own personal safety, whether it's safety of your family, or just the fact that you want to see football. There are a thousand reasons to do the right thing and take the precautions. And just not really any reasons not to. What do you have to lose? Oh, your freedom? No, no, no. Uh, this has been a fun one. This has been a very fun show. Uh, It's been a kind of interesting one without many guests. Brandon Dunn helped me out a bit earlier. Uh, But, you know, hey, football is back. Say it again with me, people. Football is back. We've got some high school football tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Carolina Forest versus South Florence tonight. That's going to be a very fun one. I'm in. I'm excited. I'm excited to call that one. Lots of fun games around the area, around the state. Uh, so you know, hey, that's what we that's what we here on Sports Unlimited and the so- and Southern Sports Central. We talk some sports. We get you ready for the week at hand. We get ready, get you ready for Friday Night Lights, and that's what we'll be doing here for the next couple of months here on Southern Sports Central, getting you ready for kickoff later on tonight on for South Carolina high school football. This, this is going to be a Crazy season! It's been a crazy year already. It's going to be a fun one, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. So that'll just about wrap it up for me.
0: Hope you guys <laughs> enjoyed it tonight. Hope you guys <laughs> stay safe out there and have some fun tonight and all of our are. And enjoy, provide, enjoy the season, and we'll talk to you guys next week. We have this week, and for we'll you week, and i plan to so long, Much